I have a question when it comes to football tonight. So, you know, we have our poll going right now. What would you rather watch if, you know, your feet were to the fire? A preseason football game, a midsummer MLB game once the dog days, a regular season NBA game, or catch up on some Netflix or binge watching. So, Nelson, you're a victim of Sling and or Dish TV. Oof. They won D-Bag of the Week last Friday because they dropped Fox Sports. It's hard for people to watch the Brewers. You finally got to watch the Brewers last night and what, the first time in a couple weeks? Must have felt good. Yeah, it was the first time I got to catch a game since Keston Hero walked it off. So you love baseball. You love watching, you know, obscure. You'll watch preseason, spring, you know, Cactus League stuff till what, the wee hours of the morning, You'll correct? text me at 10 at night, like in a, in a February day on some preseason Cactus League yeah. game you just got done watching. So obviously football is just coming back around. It's preseason. You've had a lot of you've had like the past couple of weeks to catch up with all your binge watching because you know Brewers are no longer on Fox Sports because of the the thing of Dish and Sling or whatever or on Dish and Sling. Will you watch Netflix tonight or preseason football? I'll go with football. I mean Netflix has really nothing for me. Um, right or just now. insert whatever streaming service you use. It doesn't have to be Netflix. Well, regardless, since I have Netflix. I've kind of caught up on a lot of shows, and I'm waiting for shows to come out. Like, the Peaky Blinders needs to come out. I've been waiting for it, it seems like, for two years. Hey, the trailer just dropped, like, what, a couple weeks ago for the new season. It's coming. So there's nothing there for me. I, I have to be watching preseason. All right, so you'll watch sports then? 100%. What if there's? What if you get a baseball game on that you're more interested in? Would you watch uh, just a random baseball game over preseason football? I'd probably at least flick between the two. Yeah. Um, that's an interesting. I'm, I, I wouldn't have guessed that, Nelson. Good for you. Uh, all right, six zero eight three two one sixteen seventy. So we have a pretty full slate of these, uh, Ebo, on tomorrow's show. You just made the list. <laughs> we have Disney, uh, Alex Hornibrook, and Lonnie Johnson. Uh, read the Adam Gase quote oh, again I because I gotta book. wonder if Adam Gase. I, part of me thinks this guy is the most hardcore coach of all time. Part of me thinks this guy is the biggest bag of all time. It was okay, a, an article it. dropped yesterday about Adam Gase, the new Jets coach, and his apparently his his work ethic. You know, you always hear about these coaches and their crazy hours. They sleep in their offices. They never go home. Um, Yahoo Sports did an article yesterday on Adam Gase, and this guy either takes it to the next level of commitment to being a coach, or this guy literally has zero life. All right, so there's a couple things. I'll just I'll brush over it really quick. So during his years with the Dolphins, Gase lived across the street from his offensive coordinator, and the offensive coordinator's wife would come to the offensive coordinator at, at midnight or after midnight and say, eh, honey, wake up, Adam's at the door. <laughs> so Gase would be knocking on his offensive coordinator's door after midnight. Uh, Dolphins wide receiver Kenny Stills once told Gase, to stop texting him post-midnight because he kept waking him up. He said Gase would text him until 4 in the morning on a regular basis because Gase would be fueled by five or six coffee cups a day and Red Bull within arm's reach. They said to quote he was an energy power plant. And then this is where it gets the really Peyton bizarre. The Manning one is next level stuff. Oh, and uh, Gase's wife said he'd typically get home around 2 a.m. and then go back to work at 6 a.m. That's crazy. <laughs> so when Gase's wife... Uh, was going to have the they had the birth of their one of their kids the birth of their son. Gase told his wife to schedule their operation for 10 a.m. His wife says, "quote So they pulled the baby out of me. They said it's a boy, and they didn't even put my organs back in or sewed me up yet." Gase looks at me. Gase looked at his wife and says, "You good?" The wife said, "Yeah, I'm good." He goes, "All right, I'm out of here then." 
The doctors turned around and asked Gase, well, do you want to cut the umbilical cord? Gase says, no, I'm good. And peaced out. The reason why he peaced out. (laughs) This is amazing. He had a bet with Peyton Manning. So at 2 p.m., Manning, Peyton Manning was stunned to find that Gase was waiting for him in the meeting room. And Manning says, quote, you've got to be kidding me. Didn't your wife just have a baby two hours ago? Gase says, yeah, but did you really think I was going to let you win this bet? That's when he was, of course, offensive coordinator for the for the Broncos. So is Adam Gase the ultimate grinder or the ultimate D-bag? Uh, I, I don't know. Maybe put that out of question or maybe just uh, we can stick it out. Because I read that story yesterday. And, okay, the stuff. That's look, crazy. The, the staying late or going to the offensive coordinator. Okay, you maybe see that's extreme. But that you hear those stories all the time. But scheduling the C-section so you could win a bet and then your wife's laying there with uh, one of my children was born via C-section. It's a very graphic scene to leave while your wife's intestines and organs and guts are still on the table. Oof. So you can get to the meeting room to beat Peyton Manning for a two o'clock film study. That's pretty extreme. Hey, do you want to cut the umbilical cord, dad? Nah, I'm good. I gotta um, go meet Pay. So is Adam Gase the ultimate grinder or the ultimate D-bag for leaving his wife's guts on the operating table to beat Peyton Manning Gosh. to the film room so he would not lose well, the bet. you can't say he didn't, he didn't miss the birth of his son. That's true. He didn't it's miss true. the birth of his son. Uh, and he, they say, dude, you know how excited Mike McCarthy's family was when Mike wasn't coaching anymore? Right. His daughter posted some Instagram story about dad's finally home for the first time in 14 years. These guys, if you're an NFL coach, that's you your no life. life. That's you your no life. life. You literally have no life. Uh, that's but it a, comes with a job. But you literally you just had a, the birth of right. your son. That's a bit extreme. And you told the doctor that you don't want to cut the umbilical cord because you got to be make a you have a bet you got to win with Peyton Manning. Right. And it's not like it was the Super Bowl or the AFC Championship game or even a, you know the game day. It was a Wednesday film meeting. It was before it was a game before Week Five. It was a Week Five home game with the Cowboys, and it was a Wednesday morning. And he missed the. They didn't even have practice that day. It was a two o'clock film session <laughs> with Peyton Manning that Gase left his wife's innards and newly born baby still attached to the umbilical cord to get to the film room so we could tell Peyton Manning he got there first. Hey, you good? Yeah, I'm good. All right, see you later. I mean, like I said, part of me thinks Gase. This guy goes down in man lure of like the ultimate bro. But as a father of three, this might be the ultimate bag I've ever heard in my life. I couldn't imagine having a kid and then piecing out an hour later. <laughs> I guess that's, that's, put it on a poll. Is Adam Gaze for leaving his wife while her test? Well, this happened was, a while. This happened right. a long time ago. But we we just, can't retroactively go back and do it, can we? I don't know. I mean, that's just. Maybe we just leave it as... All right, so we got Disney up for rebooting Home Alone. By the way, did you see Macaulay Culkin... Macaulay Culkin now jabbing at Disney on Twitter. Macaulay Culkin tweeted out what a reboot of Home Alone would look like. And it's him with a little paunch belly eating Chinese food on his couch and his laptop and a wife beater (laughs) and his boxers. That was very good. Hilarious. So we have that. We have Lonnie Johnson Jr. for hitting Jay Sternberger. Do we have another one? Your guy. Honk if you're horny brook. Oh, yeah, horny brook for being a complete clown. He's a douche. I'm fine. I'm fine of leaving Gase off the list because you know all these coaches do this. We know the coaches literally have no life and their family hates them. But with the umbilical cord still attached, hey, you want to cut the umbilical cord? Nah, I'm good. I'm good. Peyton Manning quote: "Are you kidding me? Didn't you just have a baby two hours ago, Gase? 
yeah, but did I really think you were going to win this bet? Hey, just let that marinate for lose. a second. He can't lose. Except on the football field. <laughs> yeah, didn't the, and didn't press get, conferences. Didn't he get fired from the Dolphins last I checked? Remember his eyes darting around oh everywhere in that God. press conference for the Jets? That's my head coach and my Jets, baby. Well, maybe I'll think he about didn't it do so well because he had bets on the games and he obviously had to go with his bets. He can't lose. Or maybe bet. he's not doing so well because he's got he feels remorse for not being there for his kid. Oh. Cut the umbilical cord. <laughs> nah, that can't be it. <laughs> hey, that kid's got generational wealth now. All right, what would you say if you were born? Like, would you want your dad to stay and cut the umbilical cord and you were to, you know, maybe miss out on money, or your dad pieces out and you have generational wealth? Well, yeah, I mean, look. Well, they I, say money can't buy you happiness. That's, yeah, I mean, that's, I guess, up for Gase to decide what's important to him. Like, yeah, obviously, I don't. If my dad's got 12 cups of coffee in him, do I really want him snipping the umbilical cord? Yeah, he might snip something else. You got to ask these questions. All of a sudden, he's got a daughter. Uh, got to ask these questions. But, you know, I, I get it if, the, like, the Broncos won the Super Bowl that year. They played the Carolina Panthers and won. I get it if Gase is on his way to play in the Super Bowl. It was a Wednesday film study on an off day, and he didn't want to beat lose to Peyton Manning beating him there two hours after his baby was born via C-section. Yeah, that is pretty That's bad. That's a bit extreme. All right, pencil him in. <laughs> it's not like you got to vote for him. Pencil him in. That's just an incredible... The wife, or gaze to the wife, are you good? Yup. Doctor, want to cut the umbilical cord? No, nah, I'm, I'm good. good. Peyton Manning. Didn't you just have a kid two hours ago? Gase, yeah. But did you really think I was going to win? let you win this bet? Wednesday film study with Adam Gase. <laughs> hey, how's your son doing, Adam? I don't know. I'm here, though, ain't I? Let's start grinding uh, film. The big story in Madison, and again, we'll get back to the uh, Packer preseason game. Where does it fit as far as your packing order of importance uh, as a sports fan? Uh, Badger regular season football fits very high in my packing order, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, I mean, by the way, three weeks. If you want to start thinking about tangible days, three weeks from tomorrow, Wisconsin plays South Florida. That's it. That's, that's awesome. crazy. God, three that's coming up quick. weeks from tomorrow, people. Uh, obviously, the big story of the last two weeks as far as Wisconsin football has been the trial of Quintus Cephas. The not guilty verdict took only 45 minutes. To me, that's an embarrassment, That uh, something that, it goes to trial that is decided before the jurors even get into the jury room. Um, shouldn't even have been there, but whatever it is, what it is. Now the question is, what do you do with Quintus Cephas? I would have never thought he would play at Wisconsin again. Um, and who knows? This could be just a, you have to get reinstated so he can enter the transfer portal. And he, he doesn't want to play in Wisconsin. But the more this thing goes, uh, Ebo, whether it's teammates, now the coaching staff, I'm going to play these Paul Chris comments here momentarily. The more this thing goes, you know, Zach Halpern was on this yesterday. He was talking to Cephas's lawyers. Mm -hmm. By the way, check out the article at madcitysportszone.com. Well done by Zach. Uh, the more this thing goes, it feels like he, in fact, wants to make a return to Wisconsin. And I know the UW is going to give you a press release with a bunch of gobbledygook that we're just following procedure and yada, yada, and, you know, it wasn't any jargon. Right. It wasn't anything personal against CFS. We were following procedure. But here's the thing. There, you, you can always change the rules, right? There, there are things called amendments, right? You can rewrite something. Just because you have a law or a rule doesn't mean it's right. And a lot of people are now feeling like this poor kid got railroaded. And if the UW just stands by its, well, sorry, it's procedure, I think it's crap. And I think the Preach UW it, should bro. be held accountable. And now I can't believe, I mean, good for Paul Christ. 
I wonder how the, the legalese of the UW feels about this, but here's Paul Christ on would, uh, if CFES gets reinstated, would uh, he be welcome back on the football team? Yes, if it's best for Q, and it truly is for him, then I know his teammates and I know how we feel, we would welcome him back. And yet we got to make sure, and we talked with the guys about it, you know, it's not about us. It's, it's what's best for him, and if that is, we absolutely would. Uh, Paul Chris, I already liked him. He just went way up my cool meter because, you know, he didn't give the canned, well, that's a UW matter, or you'd have to speak to the, uh, you know, the, the public relations department or the sports media department, or you'll have to, you know, that'll be referred to the athletic director or the chancellor. He could have easily said that, right? Yep, yep, he, he could have. He very, the fact that he, I mean, that, I believe every single word Paul Chris said there. I think he was Same. genuine. I think he wants him back. I think the team wants him back. I think Cephas wants to come back. I think a mistake was made on all ends. And I think it would be a, what a story to bring him back. And if this kid doesn't get let back into the UW and get to play football here again, when apparently everybody, including him, wants to play football again, yeah. I think it would be an absolute tragedy, travesty, if he doesn't get back into Wisconsin and gets to play football again for the Badgers. And you totally see all the players wanting him back. I mean, they have the hashtag out there now, hashtag let QT play. And with a picture of Quentin Cephas, everyone is out there tweeting it out when it comes to the football team. Paul Chris saying they'd welcome him back. You know, uh, and Zach, Heilprin, our sports director, he joined us yesterday. He'll, he'll be on later today in the 9 o'clock hour as he's going up to Lambeau as well for preseason. But he was talking about that Cephas wasn't released or wasn't you know expelled from the school because of – right. It was a Title IX thing. It was right. they haven't said what the reason was. It's like under wraps when it comes to the university. So I wonder what they'll do. I wonder if they'll let him back in. The right thing to do would be to do that, right? right? I wonder if they'll say, "Hey, you can come back in, but you have to sign this thing. You won't sue us or like take legal action Correct. against us." If I mean, I would sue the hell out of the other people that are involved in this case. They, I would be trying to get every penny I could out of them. But when it comes to the university, they'll say that they are following their policy. They did this. They did that. Uh, they're in their legal right to do so, and blah 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 blah. I can't wait to see more is being revealed. Rebecca Blank, the chancellor, it's time to do the right thing. I completely agree. And but like, would you want to? If you're Quintus Cephas, obviously, I can't believe he does. But I don't know if this is a chess move and in right. trying to lawyer and it, up it very it comes well a court case, be. or if it's legitimately, hey. This I honestly want to be back in Wisconsin, and I want to play, despite here's, the wrongdoing that right. you did to me. Here's the thing to that, and I hear what you're saying. By the way, 608-321-1670, you want to weigh in on this. You're, I hear what you're saying. Paul Chris knows what's up. He knows behind the scenes if Quintus even He wouldn't say that if he believes this was just a play by the lawyers so that Cephas could get reinstated so he could go on with a lawsuit against Wisconsin or so he could get reinstated so he could go to the transfer portal and go to Iowa and stick it up Wisconsin's you-know-what next season. Paul Christ would say no comment, or he would say, I'll, I'll leave it to the, you know, the, the chancellor's office. The fact that Christ answered that question tells me that he knows that Cephas truly does want to, because Paul Christ has a responsibility to this. He represents the university as well, and he represents the football team, and he represents the other hundred kids. So he's not gonna. That's a bad look if Paul Christ comes out and says, "Yeah, I want Cephas to play here," and then Cephas turns around and sues the university a week later. Paul Christ is not gonna come out and say that yesterday if he is one percent of him thinks this is a a, a a legalese move by Cephas. I think the kid genuinely wants to come back and play for Wisconsin if the UW doesn't let him. Even as an alumni of this university, I'd be I'd be dis massively disappointed. 
so we'll yeah we'll see what happens. Paul Chris, you know, when it comes to his normal line of questioning, when his answers, it's usually you never really know what he's saying. He said more on that yeah. than he would say about uh, playing South Florida. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So um, uh, Zach tweeted this out. I just found it. Quintez Cephas wasn't expelled as a result of the criminal charges. He was expelled following a Title IX investigation that found he violated the non-academic code of conduct, but that violation has not been made public. Right. I got to assume it's because of the, what else would it be? And as Zach said, the burden of proof is obviously a lot different in a, you see this all the time, not to make apples to apples, but you see this all the time with the NFL where there's the legal proceedings, right? And then there's the Roger Goodell says, I'm going to give my version. And sometimes like Ezekiel Elliott didn't even get arrested yet. He was suspended six games yet. Tyree kill is on camera and on audio admitting he beat his son, and he gets suspended no games. So there is, like, you can't... If you smoke a joint, you're out a year. I I know it's pros to college, but if you smoke a joint, you're out a year. If you get found not guilty of something you didn't do, you have to fight for your case to just get reinstated into school? Exactly. That's insane. And that's where I was getting at. I mean, look, I get it. There's different rules, but there's also the notion of innocent until proven guilty. And that is where the UW can, you know undo the well we were just following procedure you can come back and say he was found you know not guilty also but at the time though think of the optics of how could you allow someone that has a correct rape investigation correct them play football and be in school like that's also that's a between a rock and a hard place it is i'm not faulting uw for what they did last summer but i'm faulting them for what they're not doing now it's time to let common sense come into play exactly but here's the thing like and i look there are, and you could you could take that you could take the hardline stance and say, "Hey, man, life isn't always fair. Uh, you were not in school for a semester. We we can't bend the rules. Fifteen months, man. Right. Like- he, he was not attending. That's Dave. That's there is no magic bullet or conspiracy theory or hidden brief. It was because he basically dropped out of school to help in his defense. Well, now I mean- you could say, "Sorry, you weren't in school for a year. Why would we let you back in?" It's not like he dropped out of school. He was expelled for right. a non-academic violation, but right. they have not yet made that public of what it is. Right. I you, think we can put we, two and two right. together. And Dave, we can connect the dots. Right. Now, if he was getting a .004 grade point average and this happened, yeah, it, it, it makes this more difficult. By all accounts, kid was a good student, a good kid, wasn't in any trouble other than this, which he's been found not guilty for. So if you're not going to let him in, the whole thing is hypocritical from the start. I, I I just believe, and again, I don't believe Paul Chris would go in front of the media where, again, like you said, Ebo, Paul Chris is not the most open guy. He's not Mr. Quotable. When I, There's a lot of things I love about Paul Chris. His press conferences ain't one of them. Yeah, you know, he don't give you much. The fact that he would say that on such a hot-button topic when he won't even touch Graham Mertz versus Jack Cohn with a 10-foot pole, but he'll comment on Quintez Cephas? Tells me as much as I need to know about the situation. Well, when asked about the quarterbacks, you know who's going to be starting for quarterback, Paul Chris said we have four of them. That's what I'm saying. He won't touch when I that. Asked about Quintus Cephas, we'd welcome him back with open right. arms if the, if it's what's best for Cephas. Right. He won't touch the quarterback comp- competition, but he'll give his opinion on a kid who just got found not guilty of rape and is trying to get back in on the football team. Like doesn't add the up. The whole team is tweeting out hashtag Let QT play. That's the trending hashtag with the football team. They're all tweeting it out. Um, I think the – I mean, by the way, the first part of this is supposed to fall today. So hopefully it's just done today. Hopefully the UW comes out today and says, yeah, you're back in school. Now, again, I get 
But this is where we get all into these. Are these guys student athletes or are they athlete students? Like to compare the star football player or the star basketball player to a kid trying to be a chem major, it's not the same thing. Quintez Sivas is not there to be a student athlete. He's there to play football, which is basically his major. I've said this many a times. So to say we're going to hold you to the same academic standard as somebody else, it's, it's hypocritical. He's there to play football. Yes, you have to get the grades, which he did. But to say, well, you weren't here last year. Sorry, we can't make an exception. Well, of course you can. There's exceptions to every rule, and yeah. this should be one of them. His, his, his team, of, you know, his lawyers said that today it should be the answer from UW. I'm wondering if you get an answer and what that answer will be, and if we get that answer, is it going to be good? I hope so, because I don't want. I, I, look, I, my, this is my this is my town. Well, this is my gut, school. What's your gut say? My no. gut says no. They're gonna they're gonna they're gonna hide behind some. Well, we followed our policy. Yep. We followed our procedure. And, we wish him the best in his future endeavors. And then, then Dave, if that happens, then I will agree. Because, yeah, there probably will be protests and, and, and outcry. And I don't want that. I, I want the story this year to be football. I want the story to be, can Wisconsin get back to being a 12-0 team? Can Wisconsin play in the Big Ten championship game? Can Wisconsin beat Michigan on September 21st? I don't want to spend the next three weeks talking about why Quintez Cephas should or shouldn't be on the football team. He wants to play Apparently the head coach wants him to play. Apparently the teammates want him to play. Seems to me to be a non-issue. If there was, if Paul Chris wouldn't touch it yesterday, if there was other teammates who were not on record saying they want him to play, it's a different situation. By all accounts, everybody wants this kid back. Let him come back. Don't make it an issue. It's like common sense prevail. Uh, but common sense rarely prevails in this day and age. Oh, um, real quick, sticking on football, but the change subjects, um, breaking news. It's not really, you don't have to play the soccer, oh, no, though. No, you don't have to play the soccer. It's not that big of a deal. Uh, Maryland, Badgers, Badgers aren't going to play him this year, but Maryland has now hired Ron Zook. <laughs> for the what, Zucker. For what is Ron Zook hired for? Special teams. You got it. Wow. Senior analyst working with defense and special teams. Got a boy, Zucker. Remember Ron Zook with the Packers and special teams? That, that Anyone? Uh, I, they were the last place in the yeah, NFL last crickets season. for a reason. Uh, speaking of beginning to fight, uh, do we have another one brewing? Uh, we talked about this yesterday. I think it's a much ado about nothing. I think it's, you know, ESPN's got to be in their bonnet and pro football talk. That, that, that guy's got a, you know, a, a wanky to, to always go after Aaron Rodgers. But I will say the public optics of you have your head coach on one side of the field saying how much he loves you know, joint practices. And then on the flip other side of the field, your star quarterback says, I hope we never do it again. Uh, what was your takeaway that whole scene with, with Rogers and LaFleur when it comes to the practices? Well, first off, I'm, I'm not surprised on your take. You're an all-time Aaron Rodgers apologist. Hell yeah! yeah Rodgers, yeah, get him, baby! baby! <laughs> Robbie, I said Aaron Rodgers is a whiner. He's a whining. I, I, I agree with you wholeheartedly, Evo. Like, here's Mateman, and maybe maybe he is just speaking his mind, and, that, and that's his truth, and and he feels that's his right to get it out there. Here's what I say, Joe. Um, he knows how how under a microscope this relationship with he and Lafleur is. He, he knows uh, his his head coach is gung ho about this, right? Believe me, I'm sure they've discussed this several times through meetings, getting ready for these practices as, as they go through their various offensive sessions, things to that effect. He knows that Matt Lafleur is amped up about this. That that he loves this stuff. Why? Why go immediately then to the opposite side of the fence, of the opposite side of the equation? You you know how this is going to play out. You know on one side of the field your head coach is singing the praises of this. He, he's going to be talking about 
maybe doing multiple ones down the road. Um, he's a young, inexperienced guy who um, already, I'm sure, a number of the players, guys, are like, well, prove it to me, right? Aaron Rodgers has already proved it. Matt LaFleur still has to prove it to a lot of these people. If, if you're the most important employee in the organization, don't you back your new boss? Don't you back your new leader? I just I just think it's a bad look. Joe, I think if this was going on in Chicago or Minnesota, you'd be tearing them up. You'd be talking about all the problems the Bears and the Vikings are having internally. I don't know necessarily, guys, that this will carry over, let's say, to the X's and O's part of things. My guess is they go on with their day-to-day business and they're just fine. But, but you kind of get the feeling when that's all said and done that Aaron Rodgers was just kind of you know, peeing on a bush, guys. He was marking his territory, and, and honestly, I I didn't like it a whole lot. No, and I yeah, I, I completely I, agree. And even, I was going to say, Robbie, even as a like, you got to know your surroundings. It's it's the optics of it all. If, if Lafleur was a couple years in and he said this, and the relationship was fine, I don't think it'd be an issue. But the fact that it's the first thing in training camp, and your head coach is so pumped up about it and said he wants to do it, and you're like, eh, screw it, don't want to do it for another 14 years. It's just a bad look. I, I couldn't agree with you more. Again, I just I, I think I think this is just one of those situations because it was new, because the head coach is new, because nobody in Green Bay has seen this since two thousand and five. Um, it, it was a good time to back your new boss. It was a good time to back your, your new head coach. I mean, Joe, honestly, a lot of the veterans think the majority of preseason is vanilla, and it really is. Even the night guys, Houston's not going to show anything defensively. Penn's not going to show anything defensively. I get it that Rodgers is. A, is a guy and he's this quote-unquote deep thinker and he he loves to think of himself as you know the most intelligent guy around and he wants to be challenged at the line of scrimmage blah 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 but you know what guys that's what the preseason is and 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 I know he's probably been challenged more on a daily basis inside practice than what the Texans did but but this is just one of those situations where I I guess it is what it is you take one for the team it's it's two days where there are some positives maybe it's not a positive from a mental standpoint but it can be from a physical standpoint, guys. There's no live hitting. There's no tackling anymore. There's no bringing anybody to the ground in the preseason. Um, and even though these teams didn't do that, there was some thud and some contact kind of stuff. It was it was nice to see the physicality back in training camp. I think there's some some real positives that can be taken from that, guys. And, and for Rodgers to go totally on the other side of you know of the street with this whole thing, I just I, I like I said, I just didn't care for it a great deal. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm, you know, for a guy that does, I will, final thought on that, uh, and then we'll move on. I will say this, for a guy that, you know, is, you know, the, the cerebral and, and likes to always think of himself as, you know, a chess player in this, I I don't know what he was trying to accomplish there. That would be my question. Even if he hates it, I get that. I just, I don't know what you gain. What's the benefit? What's the benefit? You know, there is none. And he, he kind of said, you know, what was the benefit of trashing Mike McCarthy in the offense after a shutout win over Buffalo last year? And he kind of came out after the fact and walked that one back. It would be the same thing here, like, what are you gaining from this criticism? Yeah, and guys, earlier in the offseason, what was he gaining by telling Michael Silver um, just about you know the, the difficulties he and Lafleur could have in coming to any terms or any form of agreement with with the check means at the line of scrimmage with the audibles and, and things like that? I just I don't know. It's, he's a very passive aggressive guy. I don't know why he's always poking the bear on some of these things. We saw it for more than a decade with Mike McCarthy. We're seeing it now. I, I think uh, a minor power struggle, power play um, kind of evolving with, with him and LaFleur. Again, I don't think it's going to, I don't think it's going to have a great deal of carryover when it comes to the X's and O's side of things, but, but you do wonder, um, you know, is, is this a lot? Is, is he battling for uh, popularity in the locker room? Is, is just, just, I, I, I'd be speculating. 
hitting, Joe. I mean, we're all just guessing, like like you said, what does he have to gain in all this? Just you know, to me, this one was pretty simple. You, you maybe you don't love it, but, but but you back the philosophy, you back your head coach. If this is if this is what he wants to do, and you move on to the next day of practice. Hey, speaking of malcontents, Robbie, um, and gaining <laughs> things. Deshaun Kaiser tonight is going to get his going for the you know the preseason game. If Deshaun Kaiser doesn't gain any yardage and he struggles as the quarterback, can the Packers move on from this guy? Could they just cut bait? Yeah, I, I think without question, it, it'll be real interesting. I mean, this is obviously one of the, one of Brian Gutekunst's first moves uh, after he took over as, as general manager. He was hired in what January of eighteen. I think he made the Kaiser trade uh, for Demarius Randall in February of maybe March of, of that particular year. You know, so. so you know, it was certainly one of Gutekunst's first moves, traded away a, a first-round draft pick in, in Demarius Randall from the Ted Thompson era. But, man, guys, Kaiser has, has not been good, and not even close in his first two years in the league. He's, he, uh, you know, he, he was 0-15, obviously, as a starter in Cleveland. But that's the most games anybody's ever started without winning one. Um, last year in Green Bay, guys, uh, we've talked about this many times on your show. I think Khalil Mack was his favorite target. Um <laughs> <laughs> he, he, threw, he threw as many interceptions, Joe, in 42, 42 pass attempts uh, that Aaron Rodgers did in almost 600 pass attempts. Um, turned the ball over, his quarterback rating was abysmal, his yards per attempt were abysmal. Um, I think it's a, you know, I don't care the fact they, they traded a first for him, that Kaiser was a second-round pick. Um, if, if he doesn't have an impressive four-game stretch here through the preseason, guys, he even plays well, let's say, in three of the four games, I, I think Green Bay could easily move on from him when when this is all said and done. I just I did a story with Forbes earlier in the week, kind of examining five veteran backups that are or five former uh, starters that that are out there on the street that you could bring in as a potential backup veteran guys, 32, 33, 34 years old. It's not a, you know it's not an attractive bunch guys on a whole. Uh, there's a reason they're on the street, but but again, it might be a better alternative than Deshaun Kaiser. I do think at the end of the day, Gutekunst's best move might be to make a trade uh, at the end of training camp and in a position where he might have a surplus of players going to get somebody else as number three, who you believe can be the number two. But but guys, I think it would be asking a lot for Tim Boyle to jump up and be the backup this year. And unless Kaiser has an absolutely proven summer, guys, over the next month, I, I do think he's in some real trouble. Well, Robbie, we, I'll remind you, you know, for about three hours on Instagram, Brett Favre was unretired. So yeah, oh, may, yeah. maybe we revisit that well, and between Rob, now and September 5th. I just saw this, too. Colin Kaepernick declared he's ready for an NFL return. <laughs> oh, yeah. There we go. Yeah, I've heard that once or twice since about 2016 or whatever that was. Even. <laughs> hey, he declared it again, Rob. He declared it again. Okay, well that that that's good to know. Yeah, hold your breath, Ebal, and and if you don't, if it doesn't happen in five minutes, just wait longer, right? <laughs> you want to you want to talk the last town in the in the last NFL. That's why it'd be. That's why I think it'd be like a that, perfect move, Rob. Imagine it's all the Wisconsinites' heads exploding. Place. Where yeah. They would, where they would. Everyone's heads would explode. Out to him. Yeah. yeah. No, yeah, we don't yeah, have. Yeah, yes, it would. <laughs> Uh, let's go to the defense because they've really been the star uh, of this training camp. And for tonight's purposes, Rob, I'll ask you two names. Um, who are you more interested to see in game time, real-time game action, and who do you think it's more important to have a good game, uh, Darnell Savage Jr. or uh, Rashawn Gary? Well, I think probably, you know they're bringing Savage back, obviously, slowly from that Tuesday. I think – Guys, I'll be perfectly honest with you. What I saw out of Savage in the spring as they went through their mini camps and their OTA stuff um, 
and I've told you this on the show, just it kind of made my head spin on a few different plays he made. Um, I just, I think, I think, I think they're going to be more than fine there. And I think by year two or year three, he'll be a Pro Bowl player for them. I don't, I don't, I guess I just don't have as many doubts right now or concerns on him. Um, Rashawn Gary, guys, in the first couple weeks of practice, has made a number of, of, of highly impressive head head turning kind of plays. Now, a lot of those have been against twos and threes and things like that. He's been getting a lot more time lately with ones. Um, I'm really, really interested, Joe, to watch him when the lights go on tonight. Um, we all know his track record in Michigan. Um, he tested out of the out of the building and everything possible from from 40 time to weightlifting to, to cone drills, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, his numbers on those were were ridiculous. Uh, the most highly touted. Uh, high school kid in in his class five years ago or four years ago, I guess. Um, but then the production didn't quite match uh, what the potential was when he was at Michigan. Well, guys, he's been awfully good on the practice field. They've, they've done some fun things uh, with him and the two Smiths with rushing from from all different spots on the field. I, I think they've got a lot of options and a lot of a lot of angles they can attack people with with, with that trio of rushers and even Fackrell and. And some of those guys up front are, are difference makers, too, like a Kenny Clark. I mean, it's, the options for Petten, I think, are going to be unlimited, guys. But I want to see him do it now tonight. Um, I think he's going to get some looks and some time early on against against Houston's number one offense. I think he'll play maybe, you know, half the game or so, maybe even a little bit more. I think Green Bay wants to get a good look at him uh, tonight. And, and I, I think, guys, if, you know, if, if he's everything they hope he, he will be, if he's everything they – you don't expect out of the 12th pick in a draft. Um, he takes that defense from potentially uh, really good to great. Um, if he disappoints, then it's then it's just a you know it's it's a decent defense I think this year. But but he is one of the wild card guys on that defense. So I you know I think all eyes go to Gary tonight. Final thought then, Robbie, on that vein, uh, sticking with defense and, 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 and on that position, uh, who do you think, will we see someone emerge in the preseason as the, the predominant pass rusher? I mean, is it the carryover, um, you know, with Kyler Fackler or, you know, Zadarius Smith, who by all accounts had a pretty good camp? I mean, do you think there'll be a, a true number one guy or do you think this will be a, you know, a pass rush by committee come week one? Um, you may not see a Joe in the preseason because of limited snaps and things like that. But but I would I would be happy to wager that Zadarius Smith is a double digit sack guy and, and could have twelve or fourteen possibly this season. I, I think he's he's gonna be a Pro Bowl player for him guys. I think he's an absolute difference maker. He has done some things in camp that, that the average human just can't do, Joe. Oof. Um you know beating a David Bakhtiari in one on one drills. You know, dominating off the edge and, and just whipping tackles to get to quarterbacks. Obviously, you can't bring him to the ground, but you know he's there in 2.1 seconds and things like that. I just, guys, I just, I think he's, I think he's. They hit a home run on, on that particular signing. Now we have to see it on Sundays, obviously, but but they found a player there, guys, at 26 years old, who is trending upward. His, his best years are ahead of him, but not, not the ones that he left in Baltimore, which is which is key when you're giving a player that, that second contract. I, I I just I think they found the total package there in Zadarius Smith. And, and I like the other signings, too, guys, in terms of at least what we've seen here through the first couple of weeks of, of camp this summer. Um, I think 
think those other signings are all going to be really solid, and they they added a real uh, level of depth to that to that roster that that was greatly needed. But the Darius Smith's going to be one of those guys. I, I think that tilts the field, Joe. When you talk about three, four, five guys on everybody's roster that you always have to account for, he's going to be one of those guys in Green Bay. Rob, you're the man. Uh, I don't know about that. <laughs> hey, I saw you, you stirred up the little pot on Twitter. Some, some people were mad that you talked about Rodgers the way you did. I liked it, though, uh, Robbie. We, we love That's why we I, love Rob. I liked it, Robbie. We be, don't want be any, real about it. We, we don't, don't want, want any butt-kissing. Oh, my God, you should have heard the, the four-letter network yesterday around these parts, Rob. It was like, you know, get a room. <laughs> well, I, I know those comments were heavily scrutinized. And one of the things I wrote at Forbes, guys, was that this is New York, and it was the... Uh, the lead story on the back page, obviously, and, and you would have saw a huge picture of Rogers, you know, with boxing gloves on or something like that, radio punch the floor, or vice versa. But three uh, minutes doesn't be quite getting that level of attention. But, but guys, I really do think there's something there with, uh, you know, with, with Rogers speaking up like that. I just don't think it's a good thing. Yeah, I, I, Thanks, I, again, I would understand what the motivation there was by Rodgers. Thank you, buddy. I can't wait to read about the game recap at uh, Forbes.com and, and Bob McGinn Football uh, when we're done tonight, brother. All right, Bobby. Have a great day. There See he is. Uh, follow him at Rob oh, underscore Reichel on Twitter. Again, full game recaps coming up later tonight. Forbes.com. Oh, Bob McGinn football. A lot of good Rashawn Gary comments in yeah. there. Yeah. What do you think of that? The NFL starts tonight. So there'll be games on every network, right? Mm-hmm. There'll be, you know, a Thursday night game. They'll have, you know, there was already the Sunday night game last week with the Hall of Fame game. There'll be a Monday night football uh, preseason game on Monday night. So you'll get all full networks. And what is the one of the most iconic parts of an NFL game when you turn on the television? A little Muzak. Right. So if we you will. is the poll up? Oh, she up. Who has the best NFL music? What when you hear what theme song do you get jacked? I'll give you a musical accompaniment for the choices. You have option A. Badass. This is the NFL on CBS theme song. Listen to that, listen to that riffing guitar in the background. Sounds like some limp biscuit. Yeah, they got some like heavy metal in there. Alright, that's pretty good, right? Maybe would you go NFL on CBS is the best uh, pump up theme song? Pretty lit, pretty okay, lit. Okay, uh you can't go wrong here. This is a good one. Of course, the NFL on Fox, where the Packers normally reside as an NFC team. Fox, of course, has the NFC games. CBS has the AFC games. Although, whenever the Packers play an AFC team, uh, they will be on CBS. So, you have the NFL on Fox. I mean, it doesn't get much more iconic than this, right? Ah, That's a good one. But, okay, how about this? Let's go week one. First game of the NFL year. How about when this music kicks in? Yeah. Yeah. I, do I don't like know, it. man. Sunday night football, football night in America is pretty badass. It's not as heavy as the other two. I don't know. It's got that, like... It's like, like a marching. It sounds like, like an action movie. Do, do, don't you feel like Bruce Willis would be jumping out of a building or Sylvester Stallone would be like blowing something up with this music playing? I feel like this is like before they blow something up, not as they're blowing something up. So you have football night in America, and then of course you end the week. Does it get any more iconic than this? Ba-da. 
like a victorious song. Ooh. All right, so Monday Night Football, this Sunday Night cool. Football, cool. NFL on Fox or CBS, who's got the best music? What what NFL, when you hear that, you drop what you're doing, you're like, oh, it's football time. Dude, when I hear the NFL on Fox theme music, I'm like pitching a tent. I can't even stand up half the time. I voted NFL on Fox. NFL on Fox. That gets my juices flowing. That's lit. NFL on Fox is the littiest of lit. Uh, Grumpy, do you have a vote? Yeah, it's Fox. Oh, so it's, so we've two on Fox. Man, the Fox is a good one. I, mm. I mean, we. I mean, Give me the and, NFL on CBS again. This has got some metal elements to it, though. I feel like Dwight Schrute would listen to this instead of the Trans Siberian Orchestra in the office. Dwight Schrute. Well done. Dun. Listen to that guitar riff. That's pretty badass. That bass under it too. It's like heavy metal, dude. Yeah, that's like that's that's vintage Limp Biscuit. It's like like Ace Ventura walking into the club when Cannibal Corpse is playing. It's a little softer. Oh, freaking Tony Romo and Jim Nance take the set. They got their their CBS Blazers on. Give me NFL on Fox, baby. That's the one that gets you. Can turn right, it you on say, and rip the you knob You say NFL off. on Fox? Hit me with it. <laughs> Let's go. Pretty badass. That's the one. That's the one. For the old timers out there, I don't even think it needs Viagra. Just put this song on. You get your rock hard. That's the one. Yep. All right. Uh, but, I mean, look, you, you can't tell me when Al Michaels starts talking and they show a video of Aaron Rodgers walking out the tunnel at Soldier Field and Al Michaels says, 100 years of NFL football. It's the oldest rivalry in professional sports. Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. Khalil Mack and the Bears. Week one of the 2019 NFL season kicks off next. Can't tell me you won't be bouncing listening to this. This song's missing a guitar solo. This seems like a shredding guitar solo in it. You say Nelly? What's say Grumpy? I'd be confused at him talking about the hundredth year because I thought he did the same thing last year. What's the hundred years this time with it? Soldier Field. I don't know, man. This one's kind of winning me over. But like a again, victorious sounding song. I can tell you as a little like kid. Like at the end of Star Wars, A New Hope. This doesn't have the same applications for you guys. I can tell you this as a as a little kid, man, when there wasn't cable TV and my team that I grew up idolizing was the Green Bay Packers, if there was ever a situation where my team got on this, this was the highlight of my week, highlight of my month, Highlight of my season. I understand now, you know, it's on ESPN. You have 500 channels. The specialness, the exclusivity of being on Monday Night Football, it's no, but nothing like it used to be. But growing up, I'm telling you, the first time Brett Favre, I'll never forget it. It was like the 94 season. They played the Bears on Monday Night Football. It had been the first time the Packers had been on Monday Night Football in like a decade. 
and the Packers annihilated the Bears. Probably it's tough for me to not vote for Monday Night Football in this. Dude, Monday Night... Think about all the old school, man. Monday Night Football. Can you give me an old... Howard Cosell here. It's Monday Night Football. Can you give me an old NFL Films-like song, too? You want an old NFL Films? Yeah, those get me pretty fired up. Like Um, we do in the Fantasy Zone. Remember those songs? By the way, Fantasy Zone, three weeks away from... uh, from yes, making sir. its debut uh, every Thursday here. And on something the, uh, about, I think it's just because of you know NFL and Fox, because you know it's like the Green Bay well, Packers. Well, but yeah, right? but, but like, it's, okay. it's nothing cooler than Sunday at noon. All of a sudden, you hear that music, turn it on, rip the knob off. I mean, this is got a crushing a Bloody Mary, which watching. by the way is an anytime drink. This, these are lit as hell, though. At Snowy Lambeau Field. Vince Lombardi comes out of the tunnel to lead the Green Bay Packers on a quest for another Vince Lombardi trophy. This this is pretty good. This is pretty good. This is sick. Is this better than all of them? Is this better than the NFL on Fox? Listen to the... I feel like um, you could put this in any situation and get you fired up. I feel like I'm in the Battle of Hoth right now. I want to like enlist like in the military circa like 1945. I want to like, be in Space Force with this song. Do you think Space Force is actually happening, by the way? Didn't you see the t-shirt I got? I've been accepted. Yeah, it's yeah, sweet. Uh, I'm right. the captain of the first brigade, brigade of Space Force with this so, song playing behind me. Those are some good songs. But for the, I mean, this one you'd have to go like to the NFL films. The four choices, CBS, Fox, NBC... Or ESPN, you got you know the NFL on Fox, the NFL on CBS. You have Football Night in America, or you have Monday Night Football. What song when you hear it? No matter what you're doing, do you just drop what you're doing and say, "Oh my God, hell yeah, football! Let's do this I'm thing." I'm pitching a tent. Um, I'll give it to you one more time, Ebo. Right here, you got this one. Now let me start it over for you. It's all about the beginning. I mean, this is pretty. This is pretty awesome, man. Where'd Grumpy go? Cheers. Yeah, he's grumpy today. NFL on CBS. What do you think? You're a music guy. You DJ on a music station. You play really good guitar. You got a music. What do you think of this? Give me the musical review on this song. Composition, great. The elements, fantastic. I give it a seven out of ten. All right, how about... 7.2 out of 10. So you can hear that starting Sunday at noon. You can also hear this song starting Sunday at noon. Oh, oh. that opening gets you right away. This part. This right here is a 9.7 out of 10. Not, so what makes this song better than the CBS song? It just grabs song? you right away. It's like you're grabbing the bull by the horns and taking it for a wild ride. <laughs> You're ready to strap in for some Green Bay Packer football on Fox, beating down any jabronis in the way. This one, not 9.7 out of 10. 9.7 out of 10. I'd give it a 10 out of 10 if they started with a guy yelling, turn it on, and rip the knob off first. All right, now you're Sunday night. You've had a full day of football, but you want a little more. You've had your dinner. You're relaxing. This song comes on. It's like you're traveling down the field. It's a steady march. Composition's great. But it's missing like a shredding guitar solo. If a guitar is just shredding, like it's slashed in the background, just going at it. 
This one, I'll give it a, I'll give this one a seven, seven, eight. So so far, you have Fox number one, NBC two, and CBS three, right? Yeah. Do I have that correct? Yep, no offense to you, CBS. Um, all right, and then how about uh, one more for you? See, this will get you ramped up. When the intro hits, you kind of perk your ears and you turn your head like, oh, damn, what's about to go down here? Then right here it gets you. Right here. That little pause. Well, and how they used to do it back in the 80s when it was Frank Gifford and, and, the, and the crew and the UV. And it was on C. It was it on ABC. Well, there was only three channels back then, so Frank Gifford would come on. Monday Night Football, live from Soldier Field, where Brett Favre and the Packers taking on Walter Payton and the Chicago Bears. Monday Night Football, coming up next. Get the bongos in there. Dude, this is an 8.9. This is an 8.9 out of 10. 9 out of 10. I, I gotta go Monday night. This football. one's got a little vibe to it. It's got a little beat, little vibes. Get you bopping with those bongos. Oop, little strings. Yeah, I, I gotta, I gotta vote. I'm voting. Monday night football is my vote. Those are all kick ass, by the way. 608-321-1670. Conrad, welcome to the Joe and Ebo show. Joey, I'm going with you, buddy. Monday Night Football is amazing, and what I really need to hear is some old-school Hank Williams Jr. Oh, yeah. That's what yeah. I grew up with. When, Give me some when, Hank. When the Packers were playing on Monday night, Hank Williams Jr. was the one, and there was that little time frame when, like, when, uh, who was that? Miller. Miller. The other Miller. Dennis Miller. Freaking... Gosh, what's his name? He's a comedian. Dennis, Dennis Miller. Miller. He sucks. Dennis yeah. Miller was on Monday Night Football. Man, that was hilarious. He's John Madden and Dennis <laughs> Miller. Well, they, how about amazing. Rush? How about Rush Limbaugh? It Rush Limbaugh on Monday Night Football. What? What? Yeah, you remember that year? Yes, man. And then he he made a comment about Donovan McNabb, and everyone oh, freaked out. Oh yeah, and they, I remember now. Oh, man. But, hey, if you guys can dig up some, some of that old Hank, that'd be great. Later, All boys. All my rally friends out here on Monday night. Hank. What a guy. I gotta get ready. Make everything right. Monday night football's coming on tonight. Oh. Are you ready? Hey. Are you ready? Hank. Are you ready, ready? Are you ready? ready? Are you ready for the football? <laughs> oh, I love it. Let it go. Let it ride. Let it ride. Let it ride. Yeah, dance to us. Dance. All my routed friends are here for Monday night. Get up, Hank. Yeah, but you know they do it. Then they fade that down, and they fade this up, and they like they you get them both going. Oh, then you can't even stand up. Right. Yeah. Call Good call, doctor. Conrad. I've had a boner for four hours. Get You had too much Cialis. Uh, Zach and the Dells, welcome to Joe and Ebo Show. Woo! All those songs are great. Are you fired up now? Hey, Zach, are this we ready for some football? For preseason football. Fire Hell yeah, up. brother. Are you ready? No, oh, my uh, ratty friends. Hello, my ratty friends. Um, this is my rankings. It goes as following. I like Sunday Night Football because... It's always two great, great teams playing each other, and the music just leads into it. And 
I have to say, NBC puts on great music during the whole game. Like, they have great music. Like, that's what keeps me involved. You know, when they come back from break, they have good music. Or going to commercial, they have good music as well. Um, I like uh, Fox number two, uh, CBS number three, and Monday Night Football just doesn't do it for me anymore because it's always two junk teams. Yeah. Yeah. It's just... It's like, how am I supposed to be happy about? Well, because they don't prioritize it. Yeah, you could have Zach. You could have the, you know, the 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 Titans and the Jaguars on, and they don't care. Like Sunday Night Football is never going to put the Titans and the Jaguars on in prime time. No, exactly, and that's why Sunday Night Football is just so good. And yeah, I just like the music. And um, I mean, you get Al Michaels in there, and unfortunately, you get Chris Collinsworth with Chris Collinsworth plays of the game. And but I mean. They're all great music, but, uh, yeah, I got to go with uh, Sunday Night Football. That's my choice. You're yeah. right, brother. Thank you, thank you, Zach. That's a good one, man. And then, then you know, so they have the intro, but then, you know, like, then they have this. I mean, tell me. Oh, man, you can see that highlight. You're gonna, they're going to throw Favre dropping a dime pass to Devonta Adams. They're going to show Khalil Mack sacking the hell out of Sean Kaiser four times. Can't tell me once they fire up a little Joan Jett and the Blackhearts when they go to that first commercial break. Week one, 100 years of NFL football. You're not going to be like, let's freaking do this thing. I just want Hank back now. All right, best NFL pump-up song. 608-321-1670. When I hear Rihanna, I'm like, dude, it's football season. Work, 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 work. It also means it's time for our sports director, Zach Halpern. Zach, would you put uh, Work, Work with Rihanna right up there with uh, Football Night in America? By the way, a great and, music video. In the NFL on Fox, Zach Halpern? Yeah, I'm going with uh, Rihanna and NFL on Fox. Because when you hear that, dun, 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 yeah. Right just, Dude, could you imagine NFL on, on Fox music with Rihanna dancing and the Ooh. stuff she's wearing in the work video? Yeah. Watch out. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. All right, Zach Halpern, here we go. It's preseason, but it is still pads. It is still tackling. It is still a uh, score being kept. What uh, What is on Zach Halpern's wish list or checklist of things you want to see tonight at Lambeau Field as you're on your way? Well, I think, uh, obviously, everyone's been paying attention to Aaron Rodgers and Matt LaFleur and all, you know, the, I guess, the drummed-up drama that is that relationship. But I think the more important aspect is who's the back of quarterback going to be and mm. is it going to be enough? Because – even though Aaron Rodgers played all 16 last year, he was hurt throughout. And so, while the I think we I think it's safe to call him injury prone. Now he's played through a bunch of those injuries, but he's injury prone. And you are resting your season on Deshaun Kaiser and Tim Boyle. They continue to ignore the backup quarterback spot. And I just, you know, you I wonder if we don't see any improvement over what we saw. You know, I guess Tim Boyle had a nice preseason last year, but. I don't think you're going to want him to be your backup if if Aaron Rodgers goes down. So how do they play these these four games? And do they potentially go out and get a, a veteran if it doesn't look right? To me, it's about the back of quarterbacks tonight. I'd take Boyle in a heartbeat over Deshaun Kaiser, though, Zach. That's Deshaun that's Kaiser. Like picking, oof. That's like picking dog crap over cat crap. I mean, it's, Give me cat crap, both. baby. Give me that cat crap. <laughs> He's a cat guy. I know what you would take. <laughs> Deshaun Kaiser, still both, yeah. Still both crap. Oof. Well, so if Deshaun Kaiser doesn't like perform in this first game, could you see them you know, moving on, cutting him or trading him no, or I think something? I think he'll get the preseason. I think he'll definitely get the preseason, and you know we'll see. Uh, but I, their insistence on going with young quarterbacks as a backup to a guy who gets hurt almost every single year, um, even though he's played through most of it, is just astonishing and mind-boggling. 
Uh, visiting with our, our sports director, Zach Holloprin. So let's go with the guys that, that you know, you know are going to be out there, Zach. I mean, is it outside of the quarterback? I mean, what you know, because it's always that floating target, right? Do you play a series? Do you play a half? Yeah. Do you, I mean, what, what? how do you view that? And what do you think LaFleur views that in the in the short term here? Well, I imagine we're not going to see a ton of starters, uh, especially after – you know, getting the two days that they did in practice, I know that was kind of, you know, especially as I thought with, with Rodgers um, was, you know, you get a lot of work there, you won't play tonight. And I think that may be the case for a lot of the first uh, string guys. But in terms of um, guys that will be out there and positions that, you know, I think are certainly wide open and there's a lot of battles for positions, it's in the offensive, or it's, I should say it's a wide receiver and it's at, uh, in, the, in the secondary. And so wide receiver – you know, you got Devontae Adams, you got Marquez Valdez Scantling, and you got Geronimo Allison. Those are your top three. But then who's after that? Jake Kumro, uh, Trevor Davis is hurt again. Um, you know, and maybe somebody, where does Equinemius Sam Brown come in? He's been kind of quiet in camp. Uh, Jamon Moore has had his flashes, but also his me- uh, messes uh, again. And then maybe, you know, maybe even some of the younger guys, like a Taylor Redding or something like that. Where do they fit in and do they potentially push for that fifth or sixth spot? Um, you know, with the wide receiver group. And then in the secondary, you have a whole bunch of guys that it's a remake secondary, um, a whole new, a whole bunch of new faces. I'm anxious to see those guys in action. And really it's who's, who's filling in some of the spots, you know, is Tony Brown going to be one of those, uh, one of those guys that sticks. I think he probably is a cornerback. And then at safety, um, you know, Raven Green's going to probably get a lot of opportunities. Control Jamerson's probably getting a lot of opportunities. And, those are the those to me would be the are the most interesting uh, spots to watch tonight at least. Isn't Kumarel hurt too? Didn't he break his pinky or do something or jammed his pinky? Yeah, but he but he's he's from UW Whitewater, so so yeah, we got fine. we just rub dirt he's on tough. it and go, baby. That's team he's grit. He'll be back That's team as grit. Long as, as long as he does not do somersaults into the end zone when he scores a touchdown tonight, I think he'll be. Well, he's, he's got to j- get out of jail free card too. The love of Aaron Rodgers. But, Rodgers like saved. It's like Survivor. He's gonna save him. No comment. <laughs> uh, all right, uh, Zach. So he's already in a bad. He's already in a bad mood. So let's pile on here. Talking about our no. guy. No, no, talking no, about not our me guy, Nelson. No, Rowdy. Talking about our guy, Nelson. No. Uh, I Ooh, cannot. Yeah, I, can't wait to see Rashawn Gary I was just going to say, you stole my thunder. I cannot. Right. I am. Everybody, circle this number. He wears fifty-two. Clay Matthews, get lost. Rashawn Gary is the real number fifty-two Hall of Famer in Green Bay, and that Hall of Fame career starts tonight, right? I feel like uh, Rashawn Gary is going to get into the Packers Hall of Fame before Clay Matthews does. Just, I mean, they may put him in into it after tonight. Yeah. You know, that's uh, that that's that's bold. I know it's bold, but I think it's a possibility. They may just go straight to it, um, do a special uh, presentation or special ceremony with putting him right in there. I'm obviously everyone's anxious to see what it looks like when the pads are on and you're actually able to tap guys. But he he has been in the in the practices I attended, and then also the practices I've read about. He's been all over the field and, and made plays and won nearly every one of his one-on-one pass rushing drills. And, you know, the effort is there. So I, I'm anxious to see what it looks like tonight, for sure. And then the other rookie, you know, because of Toothgate, um, you know, I, I, I always was told by Ebo's wife, who's my dental hygienist, to hey, what? To, to floss. Uh, easy. No, it's, it's a bubble. I get told to floss um, every day, too. Darnell Savage Jr., I mean, has, is Zach, do we know? Has he been using his, his, his crest or his Colgate? Has he got a water he, pick? Does he have a water pick? I mean, is he good to go? Because I, I think, that, you know, the, the Does hype, he have other wisdom teeth coming in? The hype around him is, is what I'm dying to see tonight. Yeah, I mean, we haven't seen a ton of him in uh, in training camp because of having that wisdom tooth out. I think he avoided dry sockets, which is always a plus. Mm. Um, I, you know, I I don't know what we're going to how, how much we'll see him tonight, uh, but 
again, he, from the moment he stepped, from the moment he got drafted, he was their starting safety. And I don't think, whether it's tonight or the next game or the game after that, he's going to be there next to Adrian Amos. That's their safety group. Uh, or actually, that's their, those are their starting safeties, and they're going to play a bunch. If it doesn't happen tonight, we're going to see it you know, next week or, or the week after. But um, he just brings something different that, Wisconsin, that uh, Green Bay hasn't had, at least in my opinion, uh, since – since Nick Collins, and that's a guy who could fly and make up for mistakes all over the field because of his speed. And um, I may, I, I'm along same as everybody else. Uh, can't wait to see if if it actually translates. Um, but there's a reason they certainly moved up to get him um, in the first round. And uh, it's been a little bit late in being able to see it in training camp. But if we don't, uh, either tonight or whenever it happens, I think they got a really good one. Uh, visiting with our sports director, uh, Zach Halperin, uh, be covering Packers uh, and Texans tonight. Uh, before they go, get some, some Badger news in there, Zach, because you had this yesterday. We, we played the audio this morning, and I said, you know, if you're looking for clues as to, you know, is Quintez Cephas uh, applying for readmission to Wisconsin just, you know, kind of a, a procedural move to go forward with a lawsuit or to end up in the transfer portal uh, to go to another school? I would say maybe I would have been a little bit cynical until I heard Paul Christ's comments yesterday. I don't think... Paul Chris is going to say that publicly to the media if he's worried about Quintez Cephas suing or leaving. Genuinely sounds like Paul Chris wants him back, the team wants him back, Cephas wants back. I mean, were you surprised? Because Paul Chris isn't a guy that usually lets out a lot, uh, that he was so forthright with that, the the, the comments he made about uh, welcoming Cephas back, if it comes to that? Yeah, I was I was shocked that they he brought it up without being even asked. I mean, he, you know, he does his opening statement like all coaches do. And he talked about, you know, well, yeah, fifth practice, sixth practice. And then he got into the Quintess Siva stuff. And, um, you know, I don't want to make it sound like he was re-recruiting Cephas, um, but it kind of sounded like, you know, we want you, if this is what be- is best for you, we'll take you kind of thing. And I think there's a lot more, there's, there's more steps than just him getting readmitted and him being on the football team. There's some other things that have to take place. Um, I don't think it's a process that's going to, and Chris wouldn't, um, expound on exactly what everything has to happen but um the first step is getting readmitted and I, as i said yesterday i don't think that's a grand slam but i do think um they're certainly putting the pressure on uh becky blank by speaking out about the way they did the players that uh took to, to social media to uh, uh you know on tuesday and yesterday to you know to voice their support for them they've kind of put the pressure on um on uh bascom hall and uh whether they're going to uh, do or not remains to be seen, but I think once if he is readmitted, then this becomes even uh, more and more of a chance. But I, again, I was like you; I was surprised that they came out. I mean, Zach, he doesn't even he like, doesn't Zach. even comment about the. I mean, he he'll he'll, he'll, he'll play about the quarterbacks about the quarterback. He said we have four of them, and he won't make a comment. And yet he's willing to go all in on this. I just I was like stunned that he would yeah. say that. Well, again, he said. We would welcome him back if that's what's best for Q, and if he if Q wants to do that. And you know, uh, no one really knows what he wants to do other than play football. But the the uh, the idea is that I think his first choice would probably come come back and play at Wisconsin. We saw a message from Quintez last night thanking everybody uh, for their support, both in uh, his hometown of Macon, but also in Wisconsin. All the people, his teammates, coaches, uh, people in the community that supported him, like. There was not a whole lot of backlash against him in this whole in this whole case outside of um, obviously the Title Nine office and um, you know in that investigation there's a lot of support for him and I think he felt that and I think that maybe is why um, he's uh, open to the idea of coming back and, and Wisconsin certainly sounds like they're open clearly to having him come back and 
what a what a boost that would be if they were able to make it happen. Yeah, right. So the, 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 the final thought then that the lawyers that asked for a response today from EW does act. Do you think we'll get that by the the close of business today? I asked uh, I asked his attorneys about about that, um, and they they were not sure. Uh, and so that, that seems like a quick turnaround. But I also have to feel that uh, Becky Blank and the rest of the administration there knew that if um, he got acquitted. And I think everybody who followed that case thought it was going to happen, that they were going to be in this position where they were going to have to make the decision. So as opposed to just getting it Tuesday and having to make that decision, I feel like they probably have thought about this for quite some time and what they were going to do. So maybe maybe we look at a decision, but um, uh, if, if we don't or if uh, they say no, all help is going to break loose, yeah. I think. I'll lead the charge, man. Hey, we'll leave it on a, a positive here. Here you go. You wanted NFL. No disrespect to Rihanna, but it's football Thursday, Zach Heilprin. Here you go, man. You go get them. Packers, em. Texans, em, baby. Get them. Get them. All right, guys. Thanks. <laughs> See you, buddy. Is, uh, Zach Heilprin. Live uh, updates at Zone Madison from Green Bay tonight on Facebook My and man. Twitter.